Welcome to the Mind Muscle Connection Podcast, a show that is dedicated to educating you on applying science-based training, nutrition, and mindset strategies from some of the top minds in the industry to help you build a leaner, stronger, and more confident self. I'm your host, Jeff Hain. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Mind Muscle Connection podcast. Today is a Q&A episode and I have three questions I want to dive into. But first, before I do that, I just want to go over a few ways you can help support the podcast. So first, if you are sick of just focusing on weight loss and instead want a body recomp, then my one-on-one online coaching program is for you. I help you lose body fat and build muscle with my body recomp training, nutrition, and lifestyle methods. We look at things like your lifestyle and biofeedback to individualize your training and nutrition program to you and your specific needs. There's also at least one or two bottlenecks outside of the training and nutrition protocol that we figure out that are keeping you from seeing the results that you want to see. And this holds people back more than they think. So if you're interested in that, you can reach out to me on Instagram, ask me any questions on that, or you can fill out the link in the show notes. And you can also click on the link in the show notes and that will go into different offers and whatnot that I have from a coaching perspective. If you aren't interested in full coaching, I do one-on-one consultations where we troubleshoot any issues you have and or out a game plan for the next couple months. Again, the link to that's in the show notes. If you just want to learn more about a body recomp, I have my masterclass on body recomp. It is free, by the way, what it is, how to do it. And you can find the link to that in the show notes as well. Next, if you don't, make sure you give me a follow on Instagram, Jeff, H-O-E-H-N underscore, and that's where I'm most active on social media. And then lastly, if you have found this podcast to be helpful in any way, if you could leave a rating and review, and that will help more people find uh, this podcast. And again, I appreciate everybody who um, gives us a listen. So with that out of the way, let's dive into today's question. So my first question I have is, could you just incline machine press for years or do you need novelty, uh, et cetera, like dumbbells, bench, and whatnot? So in short, Yes, you could totally just incline machine press for years and years, again, assuming it's the same machine and, and see progressive overload. There's this kind of myth that you need this novelty. Oh, you got to keep your muscles guessing and whatnot there. That's not the case. Honestly, this can be a really good indicator of building muscle because you you have that feedback of like we know. So strength isn't everything. Like you can gain some strength and not necessarily gain muscle, but it is a good proxy for muscle growth, right? And if you were doing 45s on each side for sets of eight when you first start it, and then two years later you're doing 90 pounds on each side for sets of eight, you're gonna be you're going to have put on some muscle in that process, no doubt, right? Now, obviously, we would monitor other things like body weight and and whatnot, but body weight progress pictures, measurements, those would be some other things there on that. But again, if you're seeing that trend up, like if you're seeing those numbers go up, by all means, you're building some muscle there. But again, it can be helpful from a standpoint of, hey, this went up that much. I know that I built muscle because again, you have that information there versus if you do incline machine for a little bit, then you switch and then you just keep switching. You never get consistent with it. It can get a little noisy in terms of, hey, am I actually making those strength gains that again, aren't everything, but are a good proxy. So in short, yes, you can 100% do that. But I think it just depends on if you're progressing over time or not. So if you're not, then variation would be something that could help. So let's say, you maybe you got up to 60 pounds and then all of a sudden it's like now you look at it and it's you're not actually progressing numbers are staying the same that's where you might want to potentially incorporate some sort of variation at that point to help you break through because maybe mentally it's just that exercise isn't as engaging anymore because you've just been doing it for so long it's you're just getting burnt out on it that's going to impact how hard you push um, on that uh, particular lift Uh, maybe it's causing some injury or some joint discomfort again that would be something where you would want to switch that exercise up and go to some something else um, at that point. So 100%, if you're progressing, you can keep it in. If you're not, that's where you'd want to look into potentially changing it out and getting some sort of novelty and, and new stimulus or new exercise. But what one thing I do want to say on this is 
But you also have to realize that the stronger and more advanced you get, the slower the progress is going to be. So sometimes you can confuse not making progress week over week as, oh, I'm plateaued. And that, but really you're not actually plateaued. It's just, again, progress is going to be, it's not, you're not going to add weight session over session, right? That is going to slow down at some point. And it's going to get to the point to where you might have a couple of weeks where maybe weight in a training cycle, it's going to be more of like a wave-like fashion where it's like at the beginning, you might be a little bit lower. And then at the end, you're going to be higher of that training cycle. Then you start that next training cycle. You might be a little bit lower than what you end it with. But ideally at the end of that next mesocycle, you'd be higher. Now, again, that can probably even slow down as the more and more advanced you get. And so this is where, again, you have to put these two factors together of, okay, hey, progress is slower. Now I feel like I'm plateaued. When I feel like I'm plateaued, now I don't want to push it as hard. So I think these can all go hand in hand. Long story short, yes, you you can you can keep the same thing in there for years. I don't think it works practically as well for a lot of people from like the novelty standpoint, from like a mental, hey, I need to switch things up. And uh, again, progress is just a lot slower. And I do think that as you do something more and more, like you probably become a little less responsive to it and it requires more and more to continue to progress and just different methods to, to get you to progress as well too, which in turn can get you to feel like you're plateaued. Yeah, 100% you could do this. How long you can do one exercise really is up to you and how long you can withstand it and whatnot there. But um, yeah, this can be a great way to really measure um, progress there uh, on that. So I wanted to go over this question because I thought it was uh, a great question. And again, it just goes to show that you don't need to uh, be changing things up week over week. All right, so that's that first question. So second one's going to be, if you're trying to optimize meal timing for body composition, what would you do? So the number one thing that I would do is I would focus on hitting my overall goals for the day from a calorie protein standpoint standpoint as this is going to be the most important factor. Okay. So we want to make sure that we have that dialed in. So before you really stress about specific meal timing, just make sure you hit those overall goals for the day. That's going to be priority number one. I think that within that, it is going to require certain meal timing strategies to help you hit that goal. But when we want to zoom out and look at the big picture, we need to make sure that we're hitting our overall uh, intake for the day. Because we could sit here and be like, oh, hey, one of these is going to be spread out your protein to, to three protein servings per day. But if that causes you to under eat or under eat protein for the day, it's okay. You're, you need, you're missing side of the big picture here. We need to make sure our overall protein intake is there. So those are going to be the most important factors, right? However, we do this meal timing stuff. We want it to make sure that it helps us hit our overall goals for the day. But from there, let's say that you do have your overall goals set for the day. It's now I want to take this to the next level and I want to get things dialed. And here's some, here's about three things that I would make sure I focus on. One, spread your protein out with within three serving, three relatively even separate servings per day. Say you have 150 grams of protein. Ideally at the minimum would be 50, 50, 50 there on that. You could do four, you could do five, but we want to make sure we at least get three in the research. It's like, um, Six isn't necessarily better, but three is better than one or two at that point. So that's where we start to see things improve there. So we want to make sure we get at least three per day there on that. And next, we want to make sure we aim to get one to two of those meals within one to three hours before or after a workout. So we want to make sure we at least get some proteins around that workout window. You don't have to get protein five minutes after you work out. You don't have to slam a protein shake down. But we probably don't want to go hours before and hours after without getting protein in. If you're somebody that likes to wake up, go to the gym, just make sure you get protein in relatively soon after that. If you like to eat a couple hours before training, you get some protein in that meal, it becomes less important for you to get protein in right after your workout. Not sure if you can hear in the background, but my puppy is crying. I put him in his crate while I recorded this. Yeah. So if you hear that's what's going on back there, hopefully he uh, stops here in a minute. Anyway, so again, we just want to get some protein around our workouts at this point. Again, one to two of those meals within one to three hours before or after your workout. Also, some carbohydrates will be important, which I'm going to hit on here shortly in my next uh, question. 
And then we probably want to limit eating around two hours or so before bed. We just don't want to have this massive meal um, before bed. I think from an overall body composition standpoint, it's probably better to avoid eating a massive meal right before bed. Our bodies just aren't going to be as efficient with the food we give it at that period of time. And then also it can mess up your sleep, which then can impact days following. So that's more from an indirect um, standpoint there uh, on that. But we just avoid eating a massive meal like right before bed. It's not like your body's going to automatically store all this food as body fat. But again, you're just, we're just going to be a little less efficient with the food we that we give our body at that period of time. And then we also have the fact that can impact sleep, which is not going to be great either. So those would be the things that I would really work on from a meal timing perspective for body composition. But again, remember the most important here is hitting your overall goals for the day from a calorie protein standpoint and carbohydrate standpoint as well too. All right. I had a pretty interesting question here. Thoughts on training after fast to cardio plus yohimbine or best to separate into two sessions. So I'm assuming it's like, Hey, I'm going to do fast to cardio and then I'm going to weight train. So I think first it's important to cut, to figure out what is your goal? Are you trying to maximize muscle growth? Are you trying to maximize cardiovascular endurance? cardiovascular fitness? Is it fat loss? What is the main goal here? Because I think if maximizing muscle growth is your main goal, I don't like the setup from a, from like a body composition standpoint. I'm not a big fan of the setup and saying this, you need to figure out what the goal of fasted cardio is for you because the research is very underwhelming in terms of fasted cardio's benefits on body composition as there's really no added fat loss benefit from fasted cardio. And there's not, from my understanding, any added cardiovascular adaptations to cardio as to fasted cardio as well too. Not, not only are we going to get we are we not going to get those added fat loss benefits from fast cardio, but then even from a cardiovascular standpoint, from my understanding, there's not anything that's going to improve that aspect of it, right? So we want to make sure that what is the goal of fast cardio? For example, if you just enjoy it and it's easiest for you to adhere to, maximizing muscle growth isn't your main goal, and this is the most convenient way for you to get your lifting in, then this setup can do, but it's likely not optimal for body composition purposes, right? Again, if you enjoy fasted cardio, okay, fine. That's one reason to do it for sure. You can adhere to it, right? But you know that, hey, this is the easiest period of time for me to get this in. And on top of it, it's like maximizing muscle growth isn't your main goal. And this is the most convenient way for you to get your lifting in then, okay, that's fine. We can have this conversation because I think at that point, you just being able to stick with lifting is going to be most important versus, oh, now I got to separate this into two sessions. And then now then it's much tougher for you to, to stick to where now you just do fast cardio and then you end up not lifting at all. I think that's worse than doing the setup. But in saying that I definitely, if muscle maximizing muscle growth is your goal, I don't like for one, just doing cardio and then weight training again, I think is suboptimal, but then we add on the, the, the fact that you're also in a fasted state. I think it makes it even worse as well, whether you take Ohimbean or not. I'm not super caught up on the Ohimbean research, so I can't say too much there on that. But again, from my understanding, that's not going to be something that completely omits the fact that you're fasted and okay. And again, from a muscle building standpoint there on that. So in this particular situation, it, you likely need to separate this into two separate sessions um, at that point. But again, what is the goal of fasted cardio? Again, if you can do this into two separate sessions, you would likely want to do that. Again, if muscle growth is your main goal there on that. And I think this is a good topic in general, because I want to talk about fast, not necessarily fasted, but the importance of getting some carbohydrates in before your weight training sessions. Okay. Just an overview of carbohydrates. They play an essential role in muscle growth and overall bodily function. Most of the energy you use during weight training comes from carbohydrates. The storage form of carbohydrates in the body is in glycogen and low glycogen stores have been shown to reduce the number of reps in three sets of squats at 80% of one RM, right? We see that it can decrease how many reps you can get done if you have low glycogen storage. Carbs from whole food sources will improve your performance in the gym, give you more energy and speed up your recovery from training. Again, 
carbs are also your body's preferred fuel source. So again, if we want to improve our body composition, proper fueling is a must and carbohydrates are super important. And they also do a great job of sparing protein. So you ensure that protein is being used for building, repairing and not for energy, right? So if we're also low on carbohydrates, low glycogen storage stores, when you give your body protein, your body is a little bit, is going to be more likely to use protein for things like energy, which is not its preferred way to use protein. Like higher glycogen stores help the body stay in an anabolic state. And so there was a, a study um, by King et al. And that looked at whether or not at eating carbohydrates before training was beneficial uh, to training performance. And overall, just to sum it up, they were, but there were times when they were even more useful than others. So again, here's some times when you will want to have carbs before your training to improve your uh, performance. Okay. So first is if you haven't eaten for eight plus hours, you're going to see an improvement in your performance with carbs before a workout. If it's been eight plus hours since you had last eaten there on that. So we want to make sure, for example, if you've had already eaten, if you have already had a meal sometime that day, then you're less likely to benefit from eating carbohydrates before your workout. However, there's still some other things in play here. So again, this is where you do fast cardio and then you go in and, and weight train. It's okay. Now you're definitely at that eight plus hours without carbohydrates and your weight training is probably going to take a hit. Longer workouts. So again, if we're doing fast cardio and then weight training, that's going to be a longer workout. So if your workouts are longer than about 45 minutes, then you'll likely benefit from carbohydrates before your uh, workout. Next is going to be training that's higher in, in volume. If your workouts are higher volume, then you'll likely benefit from carbohydrates before your workout. I think higher volume would be anything more than four to six sets per muscle group in one session. So we want to make sure that we get some carbohydrates for then as well too. And if it uses larger muscle groups, right? So if you're using like legs and whatnot, it's going to be important that you get carbohydrates in before your training and how intense the workout is. So again, a workout that's very demanding and intense, you're going to benefit from carbohydrates beforehand there on that. I want to go over this because I think it's important to note the importance of why we want to make sure that we get carbohydrates in before our workouts, especially when it comes to building muscle and whatnot there. Now, again, your overall protein intake for the day or carbohydrate intake for the day is going to be most important, but these are some things that can really improve your um, training if you fall under any of those things that I uh, just talked about there. And then lastly, what about like protein um, before a training session? Again, I think if anything, it's going to help you from a breaking down like your, it's, it's going to help from a recovery standpoint, but it's not necessarily going to help from a performance um, standpoint, right? Because like I mentioned, protein's main goal is obviously our main job is to build, maintain lean body mass and other obviously important tissues in the body as well too, not just muscle. And that's its main role, right? Whereas like it's the body can use protein as energy, but it's not its preferred source and would likely, and it, it doesn't want to use that unless it has to um, there on that. So protein's not as great for performance, but again, it helps you with recovery and it helps you with maintenance of lean body mass and to recover from that training um, that you had there on that. Just an overview of it. So again, long story short, this setup from a muscle building standpoint, not great, but again, you need to figure out what your goal is there on that. So hopefully that was helpful. Let me know if you guys have any questions and I will chat with you next time. Thank you for listening. If you want more free content like this, follow me on Instagram at jeffh91 underscore or visit jhhealth.net. See you next time.